Party greetings. This is Chairman Christian Chuku, former captain of National Team Green Eagles, former coach of Super Eagles, former coach of Kenya National Team, former coach of Safa of Lebanon. You are listening to the sunny side of sports on the Voice of America. Thank you. Thank you, Chairman, and welcome to the January 24th edition of the sunny side of sports. This is VOA Sonny Young in Washington. If our Voice of America listeners are not familiar with the chairman, Christian Chukwu, I think it's safe to describe him as one of the elder statesmen in African football. Chukwu celebrated his 72nd birthday earlier this month. A defender during his playing days, The chairman has the singular honor of being the first Nigerian captain to lift the Africa Cup of Nations trophy. Chukwu hoisted the Africa Cup 43 years ago after Nigeria beat Algeria 3-0 in front of 85,000 fans in Lagos. I know the chairman has fond memories of that Nations Cup tournament, and he also has good memories of the recent FIFA World Cup in Qatar. In an interview with Iron Mike Mbonye, the chairman, Christian Chukwu, said the Atlas Lions of Morocco were truly inspirational in their historic run to the semifinals in Qatar. Yeah, I'm so impressed about Morocco's achievements. And that has shown that Africa will go further in the next one. I believe that one day, Africa will win the World Cup. Why are you so optimistic? Because uh, the late Pelé also predicted that one day an African team will win the World Cup. Do, do you agree with him? Yeah, you can see that we are improving now. In this last World Cup, you see the African countries aqua crossed over the first round, you know, from second round. And Morocco reached to the semi-final. So it's gradually. I believe that the next one will go further than this. In the next World Cup, three countries will jointly host it. USA, Mexico, and uh, Canada. And the format, team format has now increased from 32 to 48. Africa is going to get nine slots, nine teams now to represent the continent in the next World Cup scheduled for 2026. So are you so optimistic that something huge will happen in that next World Cup from Africa? Yeah, I believe so. If Africa prepare very well, if we prepare very well, we will surpass what Morocco have done. And you can see that Morocco did prepare very well. Unfortunately, they stopped at the semi-final. You know, if if Africa countries prepare very well, we will do more than that. And from what Morocco has done, are you impressed? And uh, can you say that? African football has come of age, that African football has improved. Yeah, African football has improved. Not only what Morocco did, you can see that so many African countries that went to that World Cup did not disappoint. Unlike before, all of them would go out in the first round. But now, you see many of them crossed the first round, some went out at the second round. And so, so, As time goes on, I believe that Africa will move forward. 
Let's come near our home. Let's talk about the Super Eagles of Nigeria. Nigeria did not make it to the World Cup. But do you believe or do you think that with good preparations, the Super Eagles of Nigeria will qualify for the next World Cup? Yeah. Uh, like now, you can see that our league is changing gradually. Now that we have new management in everything. In the last uh, World Cup, we did not prepare very well. We can have a coach and call it a Nigerian coach and the coach will live in Europe and come back when we have match, one week to the match and so on. There's nowhere we are going, you know. So, if we get a real coach and the coach lives in Nigeria, it can be a white man, it can be a black man, it can be a... But let the coach live in Nigeria so that uh, he monitors our league, he monitors our players, both home and away, and you see wonderful things that will happen. Do you also believe that a combination of home-based players and foreign-based players should make up the Super Eagles? Or which one do you, which, which set of players do you think should form the basis of the national, Nigeria's uh, men's national football team? I believe that the coach will look at the boys, the players, if it is foreign players that are qualified more than the home base, it goes. But if it is the home base that qualify more than it goes, it's, it's the same football, you know. But let him mix the foreign and the local, and he will get the best out of them. Chairman, thank you. But before you go, I would like you to send out a message to people who have been hearing Chairman Chris and Chuku. What will be your message to all your football fans all over? Yeah, my message is that um, there was a time I was sick and uh, all my fans were worried, praying for me and everything. I want to assure them that God is great and that now I'm recovering gradually. You know, and very soon I will come back to what I am before. Thank you. Chairman, thank you and Happy New Year once again. Thank you very much. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Chairman. That's the chairman, Christian Chukwu, the former captain and coach of Nigeria's national men's football team. And the chairman, Christian Chukwu, was talking with Iron Mike Mbonye in Inugu, southeast Nigeria. This is Sonus Idol Sports. <laughs> VOA Africa is your trusted source for news, sports, entertainment, and music. Stay engaged with VOA Africa. We love to hear your voice. You can call us 24-7 on WhatsApp and leave a message. Leave comments, requests, or greetings. We may play your message on VOA Africa. Dial the international code PLUS1. Then, 202-258-3076. VOA Africa is always happy to hear your voice. The number again is the international code PLUS1. Then, 202-258-3076. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. And you're listening to the sunny side of sports.
on The Voice of America. In more African football news, the field is almost set for the quarterfinals at the African Nations Championship or CHAN tournament for home-based players in Algeria. Six teams are through to the last eight, and we'll know the remaining two teams at the end of Tuesday's action. In quarterfinal matchups that are fixed, Algeria will host Ivory Coast on Friday, and Madagascar will meet Mozambique on Saturday. Ghana and Senegal also have advanced to the Chan quarterfinals. Ghana will play the winner of Group E on Saturday, either Cameroon or Niger. And Senegal will face the winner of Group D on Friday. Angola, Mali, and Mauritania are all in contention in that group. Mauritania and Mali are playing each other Tuesday, and a victory by either team will see them through to the quarterfinals. Meanwhile, Ugandan football fans are expressing disappointment after their team, the Cranes, failed to advance past the group phase at the Chan competition in Algeria. Joining us now from Kampala, Uganda, is Magume Davis Rakowinge. Sporty Tuesday greetings, Magume. Sporty Tuesday greetings to Tusani and our listeners. For the sixth time, Uganda Cranes couldn't manage to go beyond group stages of the African National Championships or Chan that is currently being played in Algeria, the devastation of many football fans in the country. Local FA, the Federation for Football Associations in Uganda, or FUFA, released a statement saying, in two quotes, they take note of the devastation by many Ugandans. FUFA said, however, the national team is undergoing a transition and added that the technical team is in two quotes on the right track. The Cranes started their final Group B match, needing a draw to progress, but defeated by three goals to one by Cote d'Ivoire, who progressed courtesy of the head-to-head advantage, both teams staying on four points. Despite the early exit, Milutin Sodjevic Mitchell, Uganda Cranes coach, praised his players. I believe that we have given our best uh, in preparation. I give credit to FUFA, I give credit to everyone in supporting us. I give credit to the players that have really, uh, with committed uh, approach, given their the best at present. However, our the best was not enough. We had today the best possible game. From attacking point, we had 14 tries on goal, six direct on target, several chances created. However, in football, um, is not what you deserve, but what you get. I believe that game did not reflect, uh, game result did not reflect what we deserved. I give the credit to the players for that aspect. They have given their the best, but unfortunately, their the best was not enough to take us beyond this point. After the retirement of some integral members of the national team, such as Memorandum Sundowns goalkeeper Dennis Onyango, midfielders Hassan Waso and Tony Maweje, the Uganda national team has struggled to get results on the continental stage. The Cranes failed to qualify for the 2021 AFCON in a group that had newcomers South Sudan, Malawi, as well as Burkina Faso. Darren Cheyune is a sports analyst from Uganda. He says it is natural that the Cranes have to post poor results, at least in the meantime. Transition in national teams is healthy. Unfortunately, fans don't appreciate transitions. Um, the Dutch suffered and missed the recent World Cup um, in 2018, but then they qualified for the 2022 World Cup with a much younger squad. It is the same case for the Uganda Cranes. There were standout performances from the Uganda Cranes, especially team captain 
Milton Kalisa United in a one nil win against Jan Senegal goalkeeper Nathan Alionzi and youngsters Kenneth Semakula Rogers Mato and Travis Mutiaba members of Uganda's under 20 team Elvis Senono a sports analyst from Uganda says he wasn't surprised by Uganda's exit from the Chan with only two goals scored at the tournament Senono says he isn't impressed with the style of play Micho came to Uganda around 2001 that was his first stint in charge was in charge of sports club villa and at the time whatever he did seemed new to the ugandan public with the ugandan football setting now all those years later you don't see much of a change in the way he operates and the world has since moved on and so there is a genuine worry about how his teams play but there has been a notable trend of poor performances and um, average results and unless something change unless he changes i don't see uganda progressing much so in that regard the coach has a, a, for me a big part to play in the way the team performed fellow sakafa representative ethiopia also failed to progress and only managed a single point from a glorious draw against mozambique and lost against host algeria and libya musa melese is sports writer for the ethiopian news agency it tells the sona side of sports from addis ababa that many fans in the country and it's going toward with the Wallias poor results is not uh, a good performance by uh, by its standards it's lacking a firepower in the final third you can say there is no creative uh, uh, spice in the midfield area and also the defensive unit uh, is not as strong as as expected uh, people generally is not complaining but they are not uh, happy or satisfied with the uh, the finances the strikers uh, didn't create uh, so generally people uh, are, are not happy about uh, global performance with the national team that is the overall uh, sentiment uh, from uh, uh, the fans on the second question uganda uh, did well uh, in my opinion uh, melissa says national football associations in the region have to invest in new structures that fit the national teams some analysts have also blamed The regional's dismal display at the Chan tournaments due to poor domestic leagues. But reporter and analyst Cheyune backs the local FA for giving an opportunity to youngsters and predicts good things ahead for the national team. You look at the squad that played at the Chan finals in Algeria 2023, most of them are young players. Actually some of them are going to play the under 20 Africa Cup of Nations the next month in Egypt. And uh, that's a painful decision to make from the federation. It comes at the expense of the expectations of fans because fans want the team to win, but the federation that runs football in the country believes they are using the Chan finals as a platform to raise some other talents to take over for the next few years and maybe we, we, the country will go through this cycle over the next 3 4 years and probably hopefully if it matures a little early expect to see a strong cranes team at the 2026 FIFA World Cup in the Americas neighbors the Ara Congo Dabochan winners finished bottom of group B with a patro two points for the sunny side of sports Ayamu Gume Davis Rwakarinji Kampala Uganda Thanks Magume. Dear respected friends, sports greetings. This is Milutin Michosredovic, national coach of Uganda Cranes. You are listening to the sunny side of sports on the Voice of America. 
On the next Straight Talk Africa, we'll bring you a preview of next month's elections in Nigeria. What are voters looking for in a new president? Also, the United States Ambassador to the United Nations, Linda Thomas-Greenfield, travels to Ghana, Mozambique and Kenya this week. We'll take a look at what she hopes to accomplish with her trip. Join me, Heidi Adams, on the next Straight Talk Africa this Wednesday at 18.30 UTC. Thanks, Haiti. In African athletics, South African distance runner Herda Stain is looking forward to a big year. She competes at both the marathon and ultramarathon distances. In this sunny side of sports, encore feature profile from Johannesburg, Darren Taylor tells us more about the South African athlete. Karda Stein wins the Two Oceans Marathon for the third year in a row in April last year. In 2019, at the age of 29, Stein became the first woman ever to clock less than six hours in the Comrades Marathon uprun in the South African province of KwaZulu-Natal. Some of the world's best ultra-marathon athletes compete in the race that's run between the cities of Durban and Pietermaritzburg, a distance of almost 80 kilometers, almost 50 miles. Less than two years later, she became South African marathon record holder with a time of 2 hours, 25 minutes and 28 seconds recorded at the Tuscany Elite Marathon in Italy. In so doing, Stain smashed a record that had stood for more than a quarter century by more than a minute. It's been such a great journey that I've been on. I sometimes still wake up and think, I don't know how on earth this happened, but yes, it's been amazing. Amazing is the right word when considering Stain first pulled on a pair of running shoes in 2014 at the age of 24. She was working as a quantity surveyor in Dubai and wanted to keep fit. I joined a running club and I thought I'll make friends there. It looks good fun. I started training with them and soon after that they said, well, you need to come and join us for a marathon. Yeah, it sounded all right. I thought a bit far for me, but anyway, I liked this guy. Stain remembers standing on the start line, confused. And I said to the guys, like, who do I run with? How quick do I go? I don't even have a proper running watch or anything. They said, they just go on feel and try and stick with the group and then go quicker if you can. But I ended up beating all my friends. That's how... The In the months that followed, she excelled and ended up quitting her job. To start with, it was a very big decision for me. It was a big risk to take. Everything was almost settled and I was happy with my job and everything. But I thought to myself, I'm very young. And I'm not looking at it as um, leaving my job to become a professional athlete or changing jobs to professional athlete. I was more looking at it as I'm taking a chance. Stain returned to South Africa. There she demonstrated such talent that she was competing in the Tough Comrades Marathon less than a year later. She finished 56th. The real change came really in my mind because for the first time I actually thought of myself as someone who can actually compete and compete with the best and after that comrades marathon in 2015 everything else was second and running for me it started taking over everything 
The next year, 2016, she placed 14th and the athletics world started noticing her. In 2017, she was 4th. Stain didn't run the 2018 Comrades because of injury. She did, however, compete in the Two Oceans, a race across Cape Town, and she won. Shortly after her victory, she received an invitation via email to take part in the New York Marathon. So, of course, I was on such a high after the win. To start with, I thought it is a joke or it is like wrong. This must be spam or something. But it turned out to be for real. And I was so humbled by this and so overly excited. In her first appearance in New York, she finished a creditable 13th. Stain surprised herself by beating quite a few East African runners, the traditional favourites in marathons. The next year, she finished 11th. This year, she thinks she's capable of a top five placing. In 2019, Stain won the Comrades to complete a remarkable and rapid rise to the top. She competed in the women's marathon at the 2020 Tokyo Summer Olympics, ending 15th out of 88 runners. Two of her major targets this year are improving her previous showings at the London and New York marathons. Stain was 7th in London in 2020. This year, she wants to be on the podium. For the sunny side of sports, I'm Darren Taylor in Johannesburg. Thanks, Darren! Follow the sunny side of sports on Facebook, Twitter, and at voaafrica.com. My Facebook address is facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. My Twitter handle is at VOA Sunny Sports. And if you go to voaafrica.com, you can listen to the sunny side of sports and other VOA programs online. For world news, go to voanews.com. Turning to tennis... A two-time major champion from Belarus has advanced to the women's semifinals at the Australian Open in Melbourne. Let's go down under now, where our friend Craig Gabriel has this report. Ten years after she last won the Australian Open for the second time, Victoria Azarenka is into the semi-finals once more. I'm very excited. Um, I feel like um, I definitely appreciate being on the court uh, more. Yeah, I'm excited for to give it another go in the semi-final and uh, try my best. But I do want to, you know, kind of stay present and continue to to do my daily work step by step. And she did it convincingly, beating one of the more informed players, Jessica Pagula, the world's third-ranked player, and she was the highest seed left in the 
the tournament. Azarenka withstood his challenge in the first set, but then she rolled through the match 6-4-6-1, and she'll play Elena Rybakina. After a brief rain interruption when the stadium roof was closed, the Wimbledon champion dismissed Yelena Ostapenko 6-2-6-4, and it was her first win over the Latvian. Karen Hashinov is into the semis at the Australian Open for the first time, and it's his second consecutive semi-final appearance at the majors, having beaten Nick Kyrgios to get there at the US Open last September. The match ended abruptly, though, when Sebi Korda took the decision to retire in the third set. Sebi had left the court at the end of the second and on returning played three more games before throwing in the towel. 7-6, 6-3-3-love. It's a right wrist injury for the American. No, I think it got worse during the match. Uh, I hit one, one forehand return and and uh, after that, it was, it was almost tough to hold the racket at times. With the Greek fans making sure their man is getting their support, Stefano Tsitsipas managed to move into the semis for the third year in a row and the fourth time overall. Tsitsipas overcame Yuri Halechka 6-3-7-6-6-4. I'm feeling great with my tennis. Um, I don't think I've felt so good in, in a long time. And uh, I will definitely say yes to it. Um, I've said it, I'm a different player. I'm playing different. My mentality is different, and uh, when I'm out on the court, I don't really think of the negatives, to be honest. I just go out there and play the game. There was a moment in the third set which all weekend players would be able to relate to when Lehechka totally shanked a ball and dropped his racket and put his hands over his face. In the semis, it'll be a case of the Twin Towers against one another as Tsitsipas faces Karen Hashinov. Craig Gabriel, VOA Sports, Melbourne. Thanks, Craig. In African rugby, Kenya's all-time top try scorer, Collins Injera, announced his retirement on Tuesday after a 17-year rugby career. The 36-year-old Collins is second to Britain's Dan Norton in the Rugby Sevens World Series try scoring charts with 271 touchdowns. In a statement, Collins said, and I quote, I've always said that I'll know it's time because my body will tell me. For the past few months, it has really spoken to me. So finally, I have decided to listen. Now, the crown jewel of Collins and Jarrah's rugby career was winning the Singapore leg of the World 7 Series in 2016. And Jarrah was named player of the final as Kenya beat Fiji 30-7. to Injera says, and I quote, For the next chapter, I'll continue with my humanitarian work. And he adds that he'd like to spend more time with his family. Like many of Kenya's top rugby players, Collins Injera grew up running and playing football before switching to rugby in his early teens. Collins Jera is the son of a professor. He made his international debut in 2005 and went on to score tries at a regular frequency, though he's perhaps more widely known for what he did once after one of his touchdowns. At the London Sevens in 2015, Collins Jera celebrated his 200th try by pulling a marker pen from his socks and scrawling his name on a television camera, as tennis players often do. And unwittingly, he ruined a lens 
valued at about 86,000 U.S. dollars. Happy retirement, Collins and Jera. This is the voice of America. Washington, D.C. Pro basketball, Milwaukee Bucks star Giannis Antetokounmpo returned to the lineup Monday night after a five-game absence to help lead the Milwaukee Bucks to a big victory over the Detroit Pistons. The AP's Chuck Freeman reports. The Milwaukee Bucks have not played much together this season with their full complement of stars due to injuries. On Monday night, though, they welcomed back Chris Middleton to the lineup and they throttled Detroit on the road 150-130. to Giannis Antetokounmpo had 20 of his 29 in the first quarter after missing the last five games. I haven't played for like 10, 10 plus days, just being out there. As I said, uh, it felt really good. I was being aggressive and shots, shots were falling, so... Oh, it's in a good place. Also, the Boston Celtics had their nine-game winning streak come to an end. Paulo Bancaro had 23 for Orlando and a 113-98 home win over the Celtics. Top 25 college basketball matchup. Number 17, Baylor at home. Pretty much controlled most of the game and beat struggling number 9, Kansas, 75-69. And there's a new number one in the AP poll. That would be Purdue. Chuck Freeman. Thanks, Chuck. And that wraps up the January 24th edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in. I get it. I'm BOA's Sonny Young in Washington, and that's the sunny side of sports. <laughs> 